listeners to time for an awakening on Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennia. This history and current events program from a cultural perspective, we find this program necessary because Hosea 4.6 states my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But we as a people will turn this around. Proverbs 4, 7 states wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Thought like getting an understanding. Again, welcome to the program this evening with your host, Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. The number to reach us to join the conversation this evening is 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. We're streaming live at several locations. You can go to timeforanawakening.com which is the homepage and catch the live stream at that location. You can go to www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. Again, that's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening and catch the live stream there. Also we're streaming at a bb 2 com forward slash time for an awakening. That's a B I B I T U M I forward slash time for an awakening. The live stream should be playing there, or you could download the TuneIn radio app to any of your devices. TuneIn is a free radio app. In the TuneIn search engine, just type in time for an awakening. There you'll see the icon, and you can stream the program live, even into your car if you have the Bluetooth capabilities or the auxiliary connection. Again, that's time for an awakening radio program with the live stream on the TuneIn app. Drop us an email at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Again, that's time for an awakening at gmail.com. Time for an awakening also has a fan page on Facebook. In that Facebook search engine, you can type in time for an awakening radio program. There you always see interesting content being posted daily by myself or Brother Richard. And do me a favor before you leave that page, just hit that like button. That's time for an awakening radio program with the fan page on Facebook and time for an awakening media is also there. Always full of the latest podcasts of the various programs. On time for an awakening, interesting articles that you can read, download at later times, and share with your friends. Also, check out that time for an awakening marketplace in our partnership with the BB2Me. Always interesting things in the marketplace all the time. Uh, various African language classes, classes on education, economics, social systems, health, and much, much more being taught by professors on both the continent and in the diaspora. So, again, make that one of your favorites. Put that in your address bar. It's time for an awakening.com. Timeforanawakening.com will take you straight to Time for an Awakening Media. It's 7.06 here in the city of Philadelphia on this Sunday evening, April the 2nd. And we're in the Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Our guest this evening, and I'm happy to have her back joining us, is uh, former Vice Mayor, Miss Virginia Rivers, will be joining us in discussion this evening. Uh, to talk about uh, Mason, Tennessee, what has happened since she had been on with us the last time, talking about the uh, the hostile takeover of the majority black town of Mason uh, by the uh, the state uh, in regards to putting the Ford electric car plant uh, near Mason, Tennessee. Uh, we'll get an update uh, with the former vice mayor, uh, Miss Virginia Rivers. She'll be joining us in conversation, and you can join us too in the same conversation by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. We'll be right back. 
to get the program started after a brief word from our sponsors. Mr. Moderator, our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and, and our enemies. <laughs> Everybody is here. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American owned and operated insurance agency in business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Overworked? Suffering with an underperforming company, headache customer, staff, or vendors? Or are you a startup who wants to get it right the first time and avoid the costly mistakes? We turned a $24,000 a year odd job handyman service into a seven-figure high-end custom home builder and commercial contractor licensed and operating in three states. This is just one transformation created for entrepreneurs like you in various industries around the country. Not where you're used to from accounting and business consulting? Well, welcome to New Business Solutions. If you're ready to go beyond advising, coaching, and training and get implemented results, call 301-244-9072. Let New Business Solutions apply the best comprehensive administrative accounting, operations, human resources, management, sales, and marketing to help you actualize your vision for yourself and your company. From anywhere nationally, call 301-244-9072. Spelled new as in numerous on your device right now. Book your free consultation at newbusinesssolutions.com. History is a clock that people use to tell their political and cultural time of day. It is also a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. History tells of people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people where they still must go, 
what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. From antiquity to the present, our people need to develop a new paradigm. It's time for an awakening with your host, Brother Elliot. Sundays, 7 p.m., Fridays at 8 p.m. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit us up at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. It's 7-12 here on the Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Before we get started with our program this evening, I want to welcome in my co-host, Philadelphia activist and tour guide at the African American Museum here in Philadelphia at 7th and Arch Street. Brother Richard is with us. Brother Richard. Yes, sir, Brother Elliot. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Hey, hey Elliot, I'm a little, um, I'm going to call it nervous, right? Uh, as, you know, and this is, is the reason why, and I'm, I'm looking very much looking forward to, um, you know, Sister Rivers giving us an update of what's going on in Mason and us expanding that, you know, in the dialogue as far as what does that mean for us, you know, with these kind of situations, especially now that the nature is playing. But I'm, I'm more nervous because, Elliot, you know, I've been, um, I've been doubling or tripling in around social media and, and I've come close to meeting um, other um, members of our community who are interested in building up and, and, and being a part of this new, new paradigm that we speak of. And so uh, I'm, I'm, um, I just became um, involved um, as with members in a particular, you know, clubhouse group that have been, you know, on their own initiative, uh, various individuals and them as a group that has been involved in trying to provide support and understanding, or maybe should I just say understanding and support as um, Mason to um, Mason as a community and Sister Rivers as a representative of that community. And I was able to, you know, for us to be in dialogue and I, I see that one of the members, um, brother um, nephew, is um, on the line. Who has him and others have been providing um, this kind of support, and so it makes me nervous in the sense of expanding this interest. And I hope that we all get to see this is how our communication and our organizational process of supporting each other um, from our different locations can be um, engaged. So I'm looking forward um, to this conversation and, and to this learning process of how do we actually be supportive or what are the lessons learned? Um, be supportive in networking with other individuals who are being supportive and networking with communities like um, Sister Rivers and, and those members within Mason so that we can be able to build community um, now and, and in the future. Richard, well, uh, listen, I'm glad you acknowledged uh, uh, some of the, the folks out there that have become active on this issue. Um, and, and, uh, and, and you know, before we uh, kind of infuse them into the conversation, first we'll hear from uh, uh, former Vice Mayor Rivers on uh, what has been going on in Mason. But, uh, you know, R Richard, the key to all of these things is information. And uh, getting the information sharing the information, uh, I, I'd like to think that we played a, a, maybe a small part in sharing the story, getting it out there, uh, helping the people 
uh, share their story in Mason, Miss Rivers and others, and uh, and getting our people active and involved because that's the only way this this situation is going to uh, get any better for our babies here in this country is if we get involved as a people. And the first line in that is information sharing and encouraging uh, black entities, whether they're in print publications or whether they're uh, electronic media. And I'm not necessarily talking about the ones that, you know, have uh, evolved on the, the Internet. I'm talking about the ones that's uh, uh, either part of uh, uh, television or radio, getting these stories out. Talk about other things that affect our people besides uh, 24 hours of dealing with Trump all the time and, and dealing with what's going on with Trump. We need to have these stories told about what's going on with our people, whether they're under attack, what we can do as a uh, uh, collective community to help. That's what it's all about, Richard. Yes. I guess this evening, uh, former vice mayor of Mason, Tennessee, Ms. Virginia Rivers is with us in conversation. Ms. Rivers, can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you. Good evening. How is it, how is everyone doing? <laughs> I'm glad to have you back with us on Time for an Awakening with myself and Brother Richard. How you doing, Sister Rivers? I'm fine. Thank you. And uh, the first thing I want to uh, make sure that you're all right because uh, you mentioned to me in, in private conversation that the those tornadoes uh, that touched down in uh, Arkansas and Tennessee yesterday came very close to Mason. I think you yes. said it was in Covington. Correct. And knocked out power in Mason, but the power has been restored? Yes, it has. Okay. Was it uh, a lot of casualties or just damage to property? No, any uh, de- Go ahead. From what I have uh, heard, it's only been one casualty, and there has been a lot of damages. Um, one store is completely gone. It damaged two schools. Uh, it was a company by the name of Delfield. I think part of half of it's gone. Um, it was so many people lost. Some people lost their homes. So it was it was a lot of damage in Covington. It really was. It was not only uh, Covington because Covington is close to me. What eight eight miles, twelve at the most from me, from Mason. So um, naturally, uh, a lot of power lines were down. Uh, lines all across the highway out there off of 51, Muta Brass Road. I mean, they had it blocked off. Uh, people had to find certain ways to get out of Covington, especially if they was coming to Mason. Um, so it's a lot of damage uh, has been done in Covington, a whole lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Ms. Rivers, uh, uh, we had you on, and I, I kind of look back at the uh, our notes and some of our past programs. I see that it's almost been a year to the day when you were on with us because you were on twice. I think the first time you were on, it was almost a year to the day when you were on with us uh, sharing this story. And a lot of things has happened since then. Uh, kind of walk our listening audience through what has happened. I know that you are not, are not the, the, uh, the vice mayor anymore. You're an alderman. Yes, uh, the, I am. Talk about what has happened since then uh, with you and with the town and, and with this situation. Well, um, the town itself, uh, as far as the situation is concerned, um, 
We still move, trying to move forward. Uh, the town has made uh, progress uh, for as uh, the, what the controller was down our throat about for us to build the note, uh, 500 some thousand dollars that the debt has been completely paid off. Thank God for those who reached out and helped us. The town of Mason financially uh, donates through donations. I mean, we just grateful to them that we were able to pay that note off. We're no longer behind in our audits. Um, our budgets are up. Our audits are up. So we're doing. It's do, we are making uh, improvements slowly but surely. Uh, the the elections that went on. Uh, wh- when was the elections, uh, uh, Mayor Rivers, and, and what happened in regards to uh, uh, your administration? And, and well, the election took place in November. November the fourth was the election. Um, of course, yes, I did run. Uh, I didn't uh, succeed, but nevertheless, I still had two years left in my seat as an alderman, alder person, and that's what I am doing, completing those two years, um, finishing out those two years as an alderman, and then next year it'll be time to run for that position if I so choose to. Uh, so um, the new mayor is an Egyptian um, who's been here for 25 years. As, at least that's what he says. He's been here about 25 years. Uh so uh, we're just trying to move forward, wanting to do the right thing, hopefully. Um, basically, that's what happened to the election. If, if I may, I'm, I'm just curious, uh, Sister Rivers, um, about the election process. And, and, and even you, you know, uh, kind of uh, characterizes, you know, identified a person as Egyptian and it's been some discussion and looking at the reports. Um, how was like, well, let me ask this start off. Did you, did you wish to run? Had you had aspirations for running as mayor? Yes, I ran as I ran for mayor. Um, mm-hmm. I not only just stood up and tried to fight for Mason and fight for the charter, uh, and push for the things to occur, uh, that I would have liked to have seen to occur in Mason but I also ran for mayor. But the election uh, went another way, so um, here we are. And, 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 and that's what I'm trying to, if you don't mind, and I don't know to what degree you're, you know, you're able to or you can be able to help us walk through. Now, demographically, Mason is 80% black, right, as a town. Am I correct? As far as I know, it is uh, pretty much African marriage, yes, right. and and you and you've and you know, as you said, and as you know, we know for your advocacy has been consistent. Um, how did your campaign go um, to where someone else could have been able to win on, from someone who's a natural born um, Masonian um, who has been advocating in this moment this you know, to mo- you know, this moment when things were in turmoil and, 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 you know, organizing to try to get, um, once Mason came under the governorship of, of black folks, if, if, if I'm not generalizing too much, how did your campaign go to where, um, you didn't, 
that the voters didn't think that you were, uh, and I, hopefully I'm not being there, but you know, how did the campaign go? Uh, if you, if we can delve a little bit into that, um, because it gets into this broader, um, concern around, um, the Ford plant, um, the Mason community and the development of the community in front in the future. And I'm glad to hear that the economic considerations that we were talking about a year ago don't exist. Um, and I'm glad to hear that there has been outside community support. But when we're talking about the community itself, from your vantage point as a candidate, what was the dynamics, the energy um, that that got to the final conclusion that uh, this person became mayor? Well, with that, um, as far as my campaign, I, I believe that my campaign went well. I got out. I campaigned like I was supposed to, door to door, whatever it took to do the campaign. But I did mine on the up and up, and I'll leave it at that. Oh. Uh, uh, well, I, I, Alderperson, I, I'll use that term, Alderperson Rivers, uh, talk about the, if you can, because I know that when you run a foul, of the quote unquote, and I, and I've got my fingers in the air using air quotations, the quote unquote powers that be, you become a target. Now, when you had, uh, when Mason stood up as a community and yourself, uh, as an elected official, uh, stood to block what was going on and to uphold the town's charter, I remember when the, um, I think it was the governor or the, or the, uh, the whatever that came into the church and sat on the, 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 uh, the, 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 uh, the bench up there in the church, sat his behind down and, and told the people of Mason that they were going to give up that chart. And now we see that elected officials that were involved in the fight are no longer, uh, in those seats anymore. Uh, I'm quite sure. And you might not be in a position to say it, but I'm quite sure that money and influence went into trying to get yourself and others out of seats of power where they would be able to put people in that were a little more receptive to what they wanted to do in Mason. Uh, let me ask a question in regards to the NAACP, because I know after these things started being uh, leaked out, so to speak, on the situation that was going on in Mason, the NAACP uh, got involved. Um, and I see that they had put out a press release, and this was a, a while ago, in reference to the settlement. Uh, uh, the header on this uh, paper I have in front of me said, NAACP announced a settlement and lawsuit against Tennessee controller. Uh Talk about the NAACP involvement in what has happened and this settlement that was reached in regards to the town and with this controller. Uh, if you can uh, kind of let us uh, uh, understand what ha- what has happened in regards to that. Well, as far as the NAACP, uh, my head is off to Miss Gloria Sweet Love and the NAACP uh, organization because um, – she came and she brought uh, peoples from everywhere for the NWA, from the NAACP organization. 
here in Mason to set up and to uh, advocate for our people uh, here in Mason and not just our people, but the people in general here in Mason to, uh, because they were in the fight. She told us she would fight with us uh, the day at the church when Munpah was, was there and um, he sit on the bench. Uh, well, she wasn't there that particular day, but later in a meeting that we had, she did tell us she would fight with us, and she did just that. Um, I, I'm grateful for that. However, um, when it comes to um, what has happened or occurred as far as the uh, election, I, I will say you pretty much hit it on the head. You know how politics work. Uh, if I'm going to be in any position, and, and I'm just speaking strictly for Virginia, uh, if I'm going to be in any position or hold any office, if I have to be dirty to do it, I, I don't need it. Okay, well... Uh, <laughs> You said you said some light on what I kind of thought about or thought in my mind, and you kind of brought it to uh, uh, to the forefront. You know, uh, Richard, I do want to say this, and, and before I go back to uh, Miss Rivers, and then uh, uh, get uh, some other folks involved because I see some uh, names up here and some of the people that you had talked about, Richard. Um, you know, none of this can happen. Now, you, you can have outside powers try to dictate to our people in Mason and other towns where this will occur again, uh, what, what they're going to do in certain towns. But none of this can happen without our people going out there and voting for these other folks. Um, it's always a level of apathy whether you're talking about a major city like Philadelphia, which is the fifth largest city in this country, or a town like Mason, where you have our people that are there that might not be aware of all the issues when they should, or or they get the uh, little trinkets or crumbs thrown their way to uh, give their votes to other people that might may or may not be in their best interests. It always boils down to our people uh, in the streets and sometimes our people that's pulling these levers. Um, Richard, uh, some of the blame has to go on our communities. It, yes. Give me your opinion on that. You know, and that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to, um, if Sister Rivers, if you can, because we, we have to, I know you're in a difficult situation and I, that's what I'm trying to, I personally like to see us, in this conversation, because I know um, you're, you know, you have a a obligation and responsibility as a older woman, you know, to to the county city of Mason. So there's certain things you have to do, but we have to get a handle. Because I'm looking at Jackson, Mississippi, has a challenge. Um, the 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 natural disaster that just came through um, Rolling Fork. Um, it's like, and these towns are in places where we're already, excuse my expression, under siege. So if we don't understand to your point, Elliot, what is it that, is it because the people don't know? Is it because 
in this um, dirty politics. Um, certain people are being bored off. What is it that we have to understand that will help us to better communicate or even under, to be able to better work towards resolving um, the issue? Is there anything that you can provide on from this vantage point, your your particular lecture in Mason, because we know um, in the last two conversations we had, um, the kind of passion you provided, the, the, the type of sincerity that you provided, the type of pressure you were under. Is this is this something else that we you can help us understand in relationship to what Elliot was raising? Um the people themselves, how this breaks down or what we need to understand as it gets to um, our better issue. Because when we move into this discussion about Mason, the four plant economic development, how the future of Mason becoming a, a metropolis, you know, in the future with future black development going on um, because of these opportunities, we need to understand these kind of dynamics. Uh, is there anything you can offer that we should be looking at? Um, as far as, um, the election that you keep speaking on is that when you don't have, um, sometimes, let me put it this way, until our people learn to know it's okay to say no, or it's okay that you don't owe people all your life because they gave you a sandwich or gave you credit. Uh, when, it, when, when our people learn, when our people learn to stand up for each other, that's when we will progress as an African-American race. As long as our people feel that uh, we, we're going against each other, which is a thing that is well known down through history where they can get our people to go against one another. And as long as our people, not everybody, but as long as our people keep allowing themselves to be used, used. against one another, okay, uh, they're never progress. Uh, we can never go forward. Uh, if we, if we fall out, we should not fall out to the point that when your brother down or your sister down, you won't pick them up or you won't support. Uh, we sh- we got to get to the point of not just believing anything that somebody bring you and whether it's, and you know, some of them know it's not the truth, but we are a race of people. Uh, and it's not all, all of us, but, there are, are some of our people who be, rather believe a lie than to hear the truth. So when we get past that, then we'll be able to succeed in other things. Richard, I think she made it clear. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and, and let me be clear, um, Sister Rivers, it's not to put you on the spot because, you know, I know you're there's just trying to get a better understanding um, because people wish to be supportive no matter where we are. Um, and hopefully you, you take the questioning and the conversation from that vantage point. Ms. Rivers, the, the, um, the published reports that I had been reading uh, talked about 
um, being that Mason's charter is going to be preserved, according to published reports, that the conversation kind of switched to the sewage that will be generated from this plant. And that Mason had some issues in regards to the sewage, uh, but it'll be overwhelmed with sewage from this plant. And they were talking about some type of rerouting uh, of the sewage. Uh, Can you elaborate on that? How this plant that thousands of people will be working at and the, the, uh, the strain it would be on neighboring counties, such as Covington that was just devastated or even Mason uh, in regards to the sewage generated. Can you, can you uh, elaborate on that? Well, as far as the sewage is concerned, that was one of the main things when they came in to uh, wanting the town to give up their charter is because Mason owns their own, own sewage. They own, they own, they own their own everything. So for the county to want to come in or Manpower wanted to come in and tell us to give up our charter would have been giving up everything that Mason owns, their own sewage, waterways. They own it. They own this. So um, this would, this would get, would have given them access to what we own. And then we would no longer have it. But as far as Ford going around, uh, us and or going around with the sewage, they're they're developing their own sewage, and nobody they're running their own sewage lines and everything. Nobody would be able to hook two uh, uh, Ford's sewage system. Um, they won't allow that. So what Mason is doing is working to uh, refurbish or rebuild their uh, sewage system, the waterways. Uh, and we are in the progress of trying to get that done. Of course, they're talking about a uh, a regionalization waterway system, um, and that's in the works as far as the realization uh, wastewater system is concerned. But uh, Mason, if we just do the right thing, if we just pull together, we can we can continue and grow and build what we already have. Um, a lot of times, uh, where we are right now with our waterways is we in the process. We have our three steps laid out, how we want to rebuild or refurbish and to sh- show that we have went through some stuff lately where it seems that our water waste has, uh, system has been sabotaged mm. at, at several, uh, uh, a couple of times there. Um, it seems to be uh, um, that has been happening, but it's also based on the fact of we won't uh, allow the, the present mayor to just have his way. So I'm not saying that he's causing that. I'm saying this has happened. So what am I also saying is that Mason can go forward, but you have to have somebody in a position that wants to do the right thing. Um, And it doesn't matter to me who's in that position as mayor, 
what matters to me is whether you're doing the right thing or not. So um, I'm just saying that as far as our waterway system is concerned, so far we're still struggling, but we will get there by the grace of God. Okay. Um, Richard, what I want to do is uh, it's a couple callers on the line, and I think um, one or two of them is uh, is uh, folks that you had been in contact with, Richard. Yes. Uh, so I want to kind of bring them into the conversation. Uh, caller, are you there? What's your name? Where are you calling from? Caller, can, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. All right. Uh, this is Say Nephew. That's what I go by on social media. Uh, I am a member of Street Elite, uh, B1, Black America First. Also a member of the Negro Security Council. Um, I was invited here by Richard. I really thank you for this opportunity to speak to Miss Virginia and take part in this conversation. Okay. And and let me uh, go, and, and before you um, go into uh, some of the things that you want to mention to her, let me uh, bring... Uh, three one two, three one two. What's your name? Uh, where you calling from? Yes. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Loud and clear. Okay. So, um, my name is Lisa. I go by Ambitious Lisa on social media. Um, I'm also a member of Street and Elite, um, and the Negro Security Council. Um, I also have my own space called It's My Ambition, and I'm also grateful for the opportunity to um be on the line tonight and speaking with um Ms. Rivers. And you two gentlemen, thank you again, Richard, for inviting me. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, well, let's do it this way. Uh, Lisa, let's, uh, ladies first. Uh, you had a question or two or, or, or whatever you want to, uh, ask, uh, uh, vice, uh, not vice mayor. I'm sorry. All the women of Rivers. I, I do um, appreciate the courtesy. Um, however, um, my question, my couple questions I have is sort of like a, a, a ending type of question. So I, I, if I may, I'm, I would like to pass it to uh, say nephew. Okay. Um, because I kind of like want to end it, end it out, if I may. Okay. Go ahead, bro. All right. Um, well, first, just for context of what's going on with the Ford plant, uh, Ms. Virginia, this is a $5.6 billion investment through this Blue Oval project, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, now, also, the new mayor, his name is Eddie Noman? Correct. All right, and you stated that he's an Egyptian that stated he's been in the area for about 25 years? Correct. Okay. Uh, now, to my understanding, and this is me stating this, not anything that I've received from you, I just want to clarify that, um, Mr. Noman has been very active with buying a lot of the land in the area for quite some time, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, I'm under the impression that the governor operates under a contracting company by the name of Lee Contracting. Are you familiar with that? Um, no, I'm not. Okay. Just um, throwing it out there just in case you were or if you were not. Uh, I was under the impression that the governor has ties to a contracting company by the name of Lee Contracting, and they also have ties to the comptroller in the area. Uh, as I stated, I'm not stating that you have any relevance to that or if you've stated that or in any form of fashion, but 
this Ford, I mean, this Blue Oval project is going to bring roughly about 5,000 to 6,000 jobs to the area. Is that correct? Uh, somewhere in that in neighborhood, yes. Okay. Now, I did hear you state that the debt for the city's charter has been paid and completed, correct? Uh, the debt that was owed to the waterways, to our water, it has been paid. Okay. Is there any other debt that is still on the table that needs to be no, satisfied? That was the, no, sir. That was the debt that the comptroller came in on us about uh, uh, trying to take over because of the past debt. So it has been cleared. It has been paid off. Okay. Um, has there been any county meetings or town hall meetings in regards to getting those people that live in the county or in the area uh, at the front of the line for the jobs that are coming forward for the Blue Oval Project? Well, Mo, there have been, um, at one point uh, last year, I know that there was a meeting held, a town hall meeting held in Mason, where uh, there uh, was a gentleman or uh, two from Blue Oval who came down that was all to talk to the people concerning the job that was being offered. He left some of his cards and things with the people. Um, so um, there are people that have who have chosen to work for Ford that are now working up there for Ford as, as doing the construction. Uh, so from my understanding, so... Um, I want to say this too, um, uh, as far as Ford is concerned, I do have, I have made connections with a couple of ladies through, or gentlemen through Ford. Um, and I want to say that uh, Ford was, had this uh, funding that they were doing. I have been talking to one of the ladies uh, from Ford since last year concerning uh, trying to get some fun to for our for the Mason Fire Department. And um, and so she told me that when the time came that she would uh, make sure she mentioned about Mason's Fire Department. So where I'm going is is this is that when the uh, funds became available where you could uh, the grants came available uh, to apply Mason's Fire Department, Mason Fire Department Auxiliary uh, did put in an application, I mean, uh, yeah, application for the grant. Um, and this last meeting last week up at Fort, uh, in, up in the Stanton area, um, Mason Fire Department was given a grant. So uh, I'm grateful for that. They was given, I think it was $67,000 or $68,000 grant to Mason Fire Department. So I'm grateful for that. Um, hopefully, uh, I'm looking hopefully that we can continue to uh, apply for the money or monies that grant may be, I mean, Ford may be offering. Um, but I just want to mention that uh, so you'll be aware that we have received a grant from them. And St. Nephews, before you ask your follow-up, can I can I ask Sister um, Rivers on this? Is there uh, to your to your understanding? Is there any black uh, company developers, you know, 
um, the con- contracting companies or construction companies that are working with Ford, um, whether they come from Mason or come from someplace else. To your awareness, is there any that you're aware of? Um, not, I'm not that I'm aware of. I'm not saying that it's not because it could be, but mm. uh, not that I'm aware of or that I can speak on. No. I apologize, brother. Uh, I just wanted to see, make sure that. Oh no, that's that's cool, Richard, because that's kind of what I'm getting to. Um, with the people in that area being in that area for so long, I do feel like they should be entitled to be at the front of the line. Whether we're speaking about job placement or contracting, um, I am very vocal and you know active as far as protecting our people as Black Americans and trying to advance our agenda and building our own communities and getting resources for our people. As we say all the time, the street elite, we should want for our brothers and sisters as we want for ourselves. So that is always going to be something that I lean into. Um, at one point in time, I did make mention to the leader of the NAACP about Eddie Noman. Um, due to my own speculation that there was some undermining and underhand things going on in regards to acquiring the land in the area as well as the development of the Ford project. Um, Ms. Virginia, I do want to commend you for stating how if there was any dirty work that needed to be done in order to hold a political office or position that you wouldn't want to be a part of that. I, I do commend you on keeping your integrity and standing on your square as far as stating that you're going to be the person that you are and not take um, any wrongdoings or participate in any wrongdoings in order to succeed or get further ahead that is very commendable of you. So I I do want to give you your flowers for that. But from my standpoint, um, you know, you got organizations like Cities for Action, Office of New Americans um, that are – very, I would say, straightforward in helping the immigration agenda and placement, getting things in order. Mm. Uh-oh. You got kicked. Did he get kicked off? Mm, no, he didn't get kicked off. His call dropped. I don't know what happened. I guess he'll call back. Or maybe that's go. him. Brother? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. I don't know, man. I think they just shut my phone off. I was talking too much. <laughs> but, um, yeah, when when you're dealing with situations like this, because I know the Blue Oval Project has a similar situation going on in the state of Kentucky as we speak, which they may end up in the same situation as Mason, Tennessee, but also, like I stated, for organizations like City for Action, uh, their mission statement is the coalition of nearly 200 U.S. mayors and county executives advocating for pro-immigrant federal policies, as well as launching initiative, inclusive programs and policies at the local level. And I'm not saying that that is bad for anyone else, but my first objective is to take care of my own. And I feel like our people should be able to live in those areas as they have been, sustain their own communities, as well as have, you know, front row seats to the opportunities that come to that area. So to see someone who is not necessarily from that area step in to a city that's not that large, um, you know, not that wide, not that large, however you want to put it, and basically get into a position to where he's not only controlling the land and the development that's going on in that area, he's also controlling the politics. 
I find that to be pretty problematic, and you know, I'll rest with that. But if I if I may, and Elliot, I apologize. I just you know something that you said, um, brother, that I wanted to explore. You said you had a conversation with that uh, member, a member of the NAACP. Um, in relationship to the job development that possibly will be going on. Um, could you clarify that or, or expand on that? Well, I didn't state it in that context. What happened was um, when this whole situation kicked off from the outside looking in, you know, a lot of black Americans got invested in this because we are all standing from a standpoint of trying to better ourselves as well as develop things and, you know, grow within our own economy. And um, I took it to Twitter and I had a series of tweets that I sent towards the NAACP and I tagged Eric Johnson in it and things of that nature. And one in particular tweet that I sent out in anger behind the situation, I mentioned him, but I also mentioned that Eddie Noman sit in on these meetings when the NAACP was trying to negotiate this situation for Mason. And I ended up getting banned for Twitter for a month and, you know, I couldn't post anymore. They deleted the tweet. So that kind of struck me as odd to where I can say certain things in other tweets, but as soon as I mentioned that one particular person, um, it seemed to be a problem. And now looking at where we are in present day time, he's the new mayor of the area. When you have someone who's qualified and has been standing in the gap for those black American people in that area, um, as an alderman, not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but I do believe that she fought a good fight as best as she could without being as egregious as everybody else would to get in that position. And I do feel she should have that position. So that's my only, you know, stance on that. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, brother nephew, if you, if you were, uh, some of the things that you want to address, maybe uh, Sister Lisa want to kind of uh, jump in here now. Sister Lisa? Yes, um, thank you. Um, Ms. Rivers, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining uh, tonight and allowing us to uh, speak with you. Uh, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to um, meet you um, in one of the uh, times that myself and another young lady um, traveled to Mason. Um, you all, everybody was in the park. It was really nice. So I wanted to first commend you uh, for all your hard work and uh, all your dedication um, within this fight you know, to get everything together. I'm sorry. I didn't know if somebody was about to say something. No, no, you're all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And so um, I just want to say Mason is fortunate to have such a strong woman as yourself. And um, I just wanted to take my hat off to you for that. Um, Thank you. My question is pretty, I'm, I'm real simplistic. Uh, I, I just like to ask just a simple question. Um, as far as the future for, for Mason, where you stand, um, where, where do you see Mason? I would say like maybe a five year span or what, what is your, what, what would you like to see um, yourself for Mason, for the people of Mason and just the function of Mason? Cause I know you've been, I, I, I saw you in action and I, I hear your, hear it in your tone and your dedication. So, um, and the fact that you even still in a position to, to, to have a say so and what's going on, where do you see uh, Mason for us as black Americans there, um, yourself and your family? I know it's a tight, it's like a tight knit family there. I have a friend that lives there who, um, is related to a lot of people there. So, um, where do you see Mason? And like I said, the next five years from your perspective, 
and with your efforts, the efforts that you know you put in, where do you see that? I can tell you how I would like to see Mason, but as far as where I think Mason's going to be, I, I believe that Mason in the next five years could be booming. I, I mean, we could have um, businesses, gas station stores. I, I can see uh, people moving in and uh, developers coming, bringing things into the town. There are a lot of visions that I had for Mason or that I wanted to see happen in Mason. But as it stands right now, it's like it's a one man's agenda. And with that being said, it's about what I want, what I want done. I don't want to follow rules and regulation. I want to do this, but I don't want to follow the rules. I don't want to follow the regulation. Uh, there's no town that can operate without rules and regulations. And when you head down that path, <clears throat> I really don't know. I'm thing I can say is I'm just praying. Uh, so, um, I know God is in control. That's who I am trusting. And I have asked him to, to please give me patience as I wait on him and his timing. Because God, everything has a reason. Sometimes we just have to wait and see what God's reason in is. Uh, let, let, let me, uh, uh, all the woman rivers, uh, and it's kind of following up on something that uh, the brother nephew had asked. Um, when the NAACP announced their settlement, and I'm looking at uh, the things that they, uh, the five points that they mentioned here, preserve the charter, reduce monthly payments of a water and sewer fund, uh, move its expenditure approval cap from 100 to $1,000, amend its weekly reporting obligation to a monthly obligation, and corrective action will conclude on August the 31st, uh, it says 2022. But I, I didn't see here any um, guarantees of employment for Mason residents, whether it's 10%, 5%, uh, you know, it's no guarantees. And black people all over this country are very familiar with uh, companies that come in, uh, that, that are e either developing in their communities or near their communities, they come in with these job fairs and the community is treated unfair because nobody ever gets any job. They'll come in with job fairs, but it comes to the community never gets any jobs. So y you mentioned that um, that the Ford came in and a few people are up there working on the construction now, but was it any guarantees of any ironclad uh, uh, numbers when the NAACP came in that Mason would get out of this? No, uh, I'm not even sure if NAACP could have given us a guarantee uh, of any jobs or any number of jobs within that plant uh, because uh, I think they gave us what they could give us mm -hmm. uh, before as a commitment or a guarantee no, um, they didn't offer us, us a guarantee, and neither has Ford offers a guarantee because 
only thing for what they do say is that uh, it's employment. It's, it's going to be open to everybody, this community, the surrounding communities. They're going into school, training the kids. When they come out of high school, they'll be able to obtain jobs there uh, and all these things. Um, so, no, there is no guarantee on anybody's part that uh, there will be a certain number of jobs that will be guaranteed for this community. And I don't think that that would be something they could even do, to be honest with you, uh, because but I would like to see the people that want to and choose to, a uh, desire to work for a Ford, uh, to be able to get those jobs, I feel, and and it's just my opinion and feeling is that I would like to see the people in in Mason, with us being four point five miles away. I would love to see the the constituents here in Mason get those jobs, get the jobs, not not folks that they are. Of course, they bringing in people. They bring in their people as well, but they did say that uh, that they will hire from it within the communities. Well, our, our communities, as far as the people are concerned, got to first get up, make the effort, and go apply for the job. Make the effort and make up in your mind that you do want that job. We can sit here and talk all day, but if the people do not put forth an effort and go out to seek those jobs, apply for those jobs, then you can't expect the community, the people within that community to have the job. They're not going to come and put it on your table. <laughs> you got to go out and look for it. You got to, it's just like doing anything else. You, If you want something and you want it bad enough, you're going to do what it takes to get it. So uh, that's what I would have to say. Uh, for as the communities are concerned, whether it's Mason or the surrounding community, uh, the jobs are available, but you got to put it be in a position to get those jobs and not only get them, they're often trained. They're going to have training there to train these people, uh, training site rather, to train the people uh, to be able to work for Ford. Uh, so if we took a poll tonight, just I'm just theoretically speaking, if a poll was taken tonight, I'm sure we would not get that many people who have actually uh, put forth that effort. Uh, would we get 99%? I'm sure we would not. So we can talk all we want to. We can we can fight. I've learned through this fight. I've learned through this last year of trying to stand up for a city who won't stand up for themselves that unless you want to make the effort to make your town better, if you want to make a town, uh, one person can't do it. One or two people can't do it. They can stand up all they want, but when you got everybody that's just standing there, uh, I'll use, for instance, the election. Out of all the people that are here, over three, what, 1,200-some folks within the city of Mason, you only had what? Right at two hundred, and you bothered to go vote. Mm. So now that makes me feel like you don't care about your own city. That's the same way it is with the jobs. 
You got to want something. If I want it and I want it bad enough, I'm going to go get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to hear this again. Richard, that, that, but that's what I, Richard, that's what I was saying when we first started this conversation about the blame, some of this blame, and maybe the majority of it has to go on our community because this guy that's mayor now, he didn't just go and bogart the job and say, I'm mayor. Our people had to vote for him. Right. Or, or, or by their non-participation, he got in. But right. go ahead, Richard, because I know that you want to mention well, no, something. I was just going to emphasize that because I'm, I'm looking at the numbers. And, and Sister Lisa, if you had another question, you can be able to pose it. But did you say, when we're dealing with hard numbers, around 1,200 people and only 200 people voted? Three at the most, if you tally them all together, of all three mayors, you had maybe, maybe three, if that. I thought you had 300 people. Okay, I just want, I, I just, I think it's important because, um, you know, we talk about it all the time, Elliot, and looking at, again, you know, because we're here in Philadelphia, that same kind of proportional uh, representation still exists. Yes. When we're talking about in our own interests, right? And, and, and Sister Rivers is, you know, and, and just, with uh, Sister Lisa and, and, and Brother Nephew raising and uh, being observers from a distance and even having contact. And with our communication, we see someone who's been actively involved, right? Um, and then at the same time, you know, people are not responding. Um, we have to really um, dig into that, you know. Um, and I know there's a lot of theories, a lot of talks and, and whatever, but we have to dig into that and we can't just put that on the side when we're looking at, you know, I hear $5 billion and, and sister rivers, you can't say it. I'm saying they can do a percentage guarantee if they wanted to. I mean, you know, regardless of people, they have a percentage guarantee for uh, businesses in, in this city. Um, it's not enforced. And we only have, and this is the city, what, Elliot, 600,000 black folks. But when you talk about business participation, it's like 1.8% in Philadelphia. And at one point, we were 1 million. So, and that's with the guaranteed in place. So you can have it in place. That don't mean it can be enforced that they're going to look out to make it happen. Or as you're saying, people are going to respond to it. But they could have put that on out of their own initiative, or they could be forced to put that on or negotiated to put that within the, the criteria of being there if they wanted to. Um, and, and not taken away, we still have to do something. Or not something. I, I apologize. I just had to bring that um, into the conversation. But Sister Lisa, did you have any other questions that you wanted to raise? Well, um, I did want to ask, um, because, you know, after listening to um, all the um, women Rivers, um, you know, just now, Miss um, Rivers, do you um, do you do you see or do, um, do you see the town of Mason um, as far as the people go um, being receptive to outsiders such as myself, um, nephew, and any other people that we could put together to um, come down to you know. Talk to them. I mean, we may have our own unique way, you know, of putting something together, a program or any type of initiative to um, 
to give people the knowledge um, and to encourage them and, and inform them on what they miss out on when they don't take the opportunity to uh, vote in, in their best interest and everything. Do you, do you feel that is something that will be receptive by the people of Mason? Um, it could very well be. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't want to say, oh, no, because that's not how I see it. There are people who would be receptive to it. Um, you say you have your unique way of doing things. So maybe depending on how you, you plan on doing it or willing to do it, I'm sure that the people, some of the people will come out. I will say this when the W when the NAACP came out and, uh, Wanting to educate the people, Miss Miss uh, Sweet Love. I mean, there were there were ooh, I don't know how many NAAC people, as well as others who came to Mason, set up camp uptown, and to help Mason and to encourage the people to show the people uh, that uh, tried to pull the town together and. Our own people, the the town didn't even show up. Mm. So I'm just giving you that example. They may change now. Things may change. You may have a different way of doing it. I don't know. I just don't want you to be disappointed. Let let me ask this, uh, uh, Mayor Rivers, uh, 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 Alderwoman Rivers, Um, and you can clear me up if I'm wrong, because we've had other activists on when things were going on in Louisiana. You remember, Richard, when we had the, the Reverend on? Right. Uh, when things going on in Mississippi, in different places, and I'm talking about now. I want you to help me with this and walk me through it, because when, when our brothers and sisters and our elders, some of them that made transition now, when they were trying to organize in the South in the late 50s and 60s, it was a a large degree of fear, uh, fear of being attacked physically, fear of losing their jobs, fear for their families. It was a degree of fear there. And a lot of the organizers like Kwame Ray and others that went to Mississippi wasn't from Mississippi. So is it still that degree of fear when you're dealing with the South? And you can, you can, you can, you can tell us uh, this, uh, uh, all the women rivers. Is it still that degree of fear? Not necessarily that they'll, they'll be lynched, although I, I, it's still a reality, but maybe that they'll lose their jobs, uh, or fear of reprisal. Is it that degree of fear there? Because I, I just can't believe that our people are that apathetic on some of these issues. Just tell us, is it, is it, is it, is it a degree of fear still there among our people? It's possible because there have been um, some type of retaliations. Uh, some people may fear um, their positions uh, or may fear, and, and I think I made that clear. Uh, uh, well, I didn't so much make it clear, but when I hinted at the fact that uh, uh, we have to learn how at some point in our life to stand up. Okay. We don't owe folks all of our life or something. Okay. If, if, if you give me something and I say, thank you, 
or the, if you wanted me to pay it back, you should you could have told me. But I'm not gonna let you hold that over my head to say you I, you owe me because I did uh, uh, things of that nature. Um, uh, I can't really say the people here fear because everybody don't in their own way. But there are some um, some sort of uh, retaliations uh, with the things as far as the administration is now that's governing Mason. Uh, so um, not that the, the individual feared, but that they found ways to try to attack them. So uh, I, I, I mean, it's just different. Whatever went on in the past, it still happens. Let me put it that way. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, and you know, the thing that frustrates me, Elliot, and, and to, well, you know, to um, Sister Rivers and um, Sister Lisa, brother and nephew, the thing that frustrates me about this is um, in relationship to how do we, you know, how do we understand this? Because especially those of us who are at a distance, you know, from these, these places, um, how do we, how do we understand this um, in order to um, just even to communicate it effectively, because it's not something that's just happening in Mason. You know, let, let us be clear what we're speaking to. It's not something that's just happening in Mason. Um, um, we we're what is that? The, we hey, Elliot, we talked to the community representatives, uh, you know, that were communicating to us in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we hear the same thing. Um, you know, in um, um, Benson Harbor, you know, um, if it wasn't, you know, you say, I mean, this is something that if we don't get a handle on, um, we we just can't. It, it just, I, 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 you hear me um, grappling or lost with thought and words because um, um, Sister Rivers, it, Mason becomes just a model that we, not necessarily an exception. But, you know, the rule um, in relationship to what we, I mean, somebody dangling $5 billion in front of you and that you could take advantage of, that you could take control of, and you don't reach out to get it uh, because somebody dangled a couple of other things to you or even gave you, uh, and you can't make that assessment, something is I don't want to believe there's something wrong with us like that, but I'll leave that alone. Um, you mentioned about the uh, water sewer system and the possible sabotage. Um, can you explain what, what actually happened with the water sewer system? Well, at, uh, at some point, uh, our um, em- uh, the employees at the public work department was beginning, uh, we was beginning to have a lot of blockage in our, our waste system. And when they went to see a one, one, one time water was just coming up out the ground around one of the manholes. And I called the public work uh, director and I mentioned it to him, but when they went to check it out, it was a blockage. There were other blockage where there was a uh, whole mop head, mop, mop handles, uh, sheets, was being was being was coming out of those. You can't flush any of those down your toilet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
apologize. It's just crazy. <laughs> you know, uh, so if that's not sabotage, you tell me what you think it is. Yeah. Wow. Uh, listen, we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, uh, if there's any questions or, or comments for our uh, guest while she's still with us, you can join the conversation by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. Our guest this evening, uh, Alder Woman and former vice mayor of Mason, Tennessee, Miss Virginia Rivers. We'll be right back. Brother Richard, on time for an awakening media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at time for an awakening at gmail.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. The Digital Plantation. Abibitumi.com. Abibitumi.tv. Abibitumi.tv.com. Abibitumi.store are here for you. You are ready to be free of non-African social media. Don't run from danger. Run to safety. Abibitumi.com is here for you. You are ready to be free of digital plantations to control your own products. Abibitumi.store is here for you. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. Black Power. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. The only word you need to know to join your global commit to you black family, to join your interconnected commit to you black communities, Escape the digital plantation now. Abibitumi.com, Abibitumi.tv, Abibitumi.tv.com, Abibitumi.store. We are here for you. Escape the digital plantation. A new era, a new phase of the struggle where we have moved from a struggle for decency, which characterized our struggle for 10 or 12 years, to a struggle for genuine equality 
And this is where we are getting the resistance because there was never any intention uh, to go this far. People were reacting to Bull Connor and to Jim Clark rather than acting in good faith for the realization of genuine equality. Do you think white people in this country, and I'm talking about non-segregationists, people devoid or thinking they're devoid of racism, do you have any idea of what they want the Negro to be in America? I think the vast majority of white Americans uh, will go but so far. It's a kind of installment plan for equality. And uh, they are always looking for an excuse uh, to go but so far. <laughs> and know that this problem needs to be solved and we can't keep relegating it to generation after generation because a few of us got a little money, a few of us got positions, a few of us have wealth while the masses of our people are going steadily down. No one man can rise above the condition of his people. See, brother said responsibility. Is it, is it that we should let them take responsibility to do for us, or should we pool the knowledge that's at the table, the power that's in our community, the wealth that's in our community to change the harsh reality of black life in America? We have to do the job of fulfilling the black agenda. Thank you. Whites are expert game players in their contests to maintain absolute power. One of the time-honored gimmicks is to point to individual blacks who've achieved recognition. But look at Raph Bunch. Think about Lena Horne or Marian Anderson. Look at Jackie Robinson. They made it as one of those who has made it. I would like to be thought of as an inspiration to our young but I don't want them lied to. Name them for me. The examples of blacks who made it. For virtually everyone you name, I can give you a sordid piece of factual information on how they have been mistreated, humiliated. Not being able to fight back is a form of severe punishment. I come here tonight and plead with you. Believe in yourself and believe that you're somebody. As I said to the group last night, nobody else can do this for us. No document can do this for us. No Lincolnian Emancipation Proclamation can do this for us. No Kennesonian or Johnsonian Civil Rights Bill can do this for us. If the Negro is to be free, he must move down into the inner resources of his own soul and sign with a pen and ink of self-assertive manhood his own emancipation proclamation. Don't let anybody take your manhood. Born Awakening is a proud part of the Black Talk Radio Network. 
the number one independent black digital and podcasting platform. Welcome back. <clears throat> Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. It's uh, 823 here in the city of Philadelphia. And uh, we're in conversation this evening with the uh, former vice mayor, now alderwoman at Basin, Tennessee. Our guest tonight, Miss Virginia Rivers. Also joining the conversation, two activists, uh, Sister Lisa and, and Brother Nephew, that have been active on this issue. And any questions or comments we ha- uh, that you want to, uh, any questions, comments, or anything that you want to address to uh, Alderwoman Rivers or even uh, our, uh, other activists, you can do that by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. Uh, Richard, um, we got a, a couple callers here. Let me see if they want to uh, get involved in the conversation. Uh, let's go to Newport News. Newport News. After I poked at him and refused to give him any information. Let, let me, I, I guess he was in conversation. Let's go to 215. 215. Hey, hey brother LA, how you doing? Yes, sir. Hey, LA, I, I, mean, I, I just tuned in and I just literally just. Okay, I'll put you back. I'll put you on hold. I'll put you on hold. I'll put you back on hold. Okay, thanks, sir. Let's go to, uh, what does this uh, look like, California? Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello, Mandy Heard. Yes. Oh, hi. Uh, good evening, family. Um, thank you for having my uh, me on. My name is Tracy Cooper. I go by Coop's Tea uh, online. And I thank you so much for uh, having this important conversation. Um, thank you, Ms. Rivers, for uh, bringing us current information on Mason. Um, as you all know, um, I am from California. Let me back up a little bit. (laughs) I am from California. As you all know, um, the black community from coast to coast, um, took such an intense interest in, um, the goings on in Mason. Um, we just love y'all there. Uh, you become our, um, adopted city and I hope uh, many of us will relocate there, especially as we're doing this great reverse migration uh, back to the South. Um, it was just awesome to see the power of our people um, getting the word out to each other online and, and on the, the ground to, you know, take care of that situation y'all were under. I just have a couple of questions if I may. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. One thing um, I wanted to dive into a little bit more is uh, the Ford Blue Oval City and the jobs. And I think you asked very important questions about um, not only the contracts and contracting uh, jobs uh, for small businesses or for businesses, but also for folks to work uh, in the plant once it is built. So both during the construction phase and um I um, believe strongly that the city can still host job fairs um, and and hopefully could invite Ford. I wanted to ask Ms. Rivers about this. I think if you if the city hosted job fairs and invited Ford to, you know, Mason's library or community center or, or church or where, what have you, I fully understand what you're saying about if folks, you know, want the jobs, they need to do it. I've worked in government for years and years and years, and you do have to be proactive. However, um, 
this is, is to me an unusual situation and our people need to be educated. Um, and some of them may not feel equipped to apply for the jobs or to drive out to, you know, wherever they need to go to actually get the application or if it's online, what have you. I think there's an educational part of it. And so I wanted to ask our sister, um, might it be possible for the city to have Ford come in and have their human resources come in and explain to, you know, your residents? Um, that's one of my questions. I'll start with that one. Is that okay. possible? If any, yes, it, we have, um, well, I had spoke to Ford about even setting up a, a tr- uh, maybe a training site here in Mason where the people in Mason as well as the surrounding areas would be a, they could come, Ford could come and uh, if it, even if they didn't do it every day, maybe two times a week would come and uh, allow the people in Mason and surrounding area to, to be um, uh, um, trained or offer, show them what you are offering uh, help them in that area, but uh, that has not occurred as of yet, uh, and not that I'm not saying that it won't, uh, but I haven't spoken to them concerning that um, uh, since this new minister- this new administration, uh, and we've had a lot going on uh, here lately. Uh, I mean, a lot. I'm pretty sure you've heard about different things that has occurred here in Mason. But mm-hmm. um, I think that Mason can succeed. I, I, there is no reason they shouldn't. We could be a whole different town if our, our community as a whole would uh, come together and um, try to move forward. Uh, you can't move a tree if you don't dig it up and cut it down. You got to do something with it to get it moved. So um, I may not be answering your question to the point of the way you expect it to be answered. But um, again, like I have talked to them concerning coming here to offer things to Mason or to the citizen here in Mason. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, I appreciate that, and I appreciate your um, response. Um, I absolutely agree. I think that, um, you know, we're all here to um, help brainstorm, you know, problem solve and brainstorm and to encourage y'all and to lift y'all up. I know it's been a lot. Um, I think that, um, you know, whether it's a local community college or something, someone can invite forward in and just set up some tables and chairs and say, bring, you know, flyers or what have you that um, explains what jobs will be available. You know, either they can apply for now or, you know, apply by whatever date. Here are the flyers. Here are the, you know, the applications. Here are the business cards, what have you, and just have all that spread out on a table and so forth. And then let the residents know, okay, on this date, whether it's once a month, whether it's, you know, once a quarter or what have you between now and the time Blue Oval City opens to say, um, you know, here's the information. So, um, but whatever, you know, y'all need, 
as you know, um, I may be far, but um, many people are very interested in seeing the success of Mason. So I so appreciate your your work. Um, kind of leads me to my second question. I won't hold y'all long. Um, I was really disheartened to hear about, you know, this new mayor coming in with, if y'all only had two or 300 votes spread out between three people, it doesn't sound like he won by very many. Did he over, over the other, over yourself, another candidate? Excuse me. Did he, uh, did the new mayor, you said there were 200 or 300 votes spread out between the three of uh, candidates. Is that correct? Um, yes, that includes the, yeah, the can of course the mayor, I would say it wasn't even 300, maybe two something, mm. maybe two. So, so he didn't, doesn't sound like he won by very many then. No, it wasn't like, uh, a, a run off and left you a hundred something of, of nothing like that. No. Mm-mm-mm. Um, okay. Uh, my question then real quick is how long, wh- how long will he be in office, this current mayor? And what you seems to me we need to educate our our people your your residents your citizens um early for the next election and you know make sure they're registered uh for those who are are eligible and and so forth and be ready for this next run um how long is the term for the the current mayor four years mm. will that be about the time that blue old city will be opening uh, yeah, be doing that time because they opening in the next three years. Well, oh, actually, boy. next two because this twenty three, they they are set to open in twenty five. Yeah. Okay. So no, I would love to see yourself get in, uh, or some other you know um, other person get in that's you know going to be there for for your people. So. I support you, um, myself and, you know, so many other of us, you know, from coast to coast, like I said, we, we are supporting you and, um, we really want to see Mason succeed. So I just want to thank you for this program. Um, and thank you for the update on the information. Definitely we'll be keeping in touch. Uh, And I'll land, I'll, um, in there. Thank you so much, y'all. Thank you, Sister Tracy. Okay. Bye bye. Uh, Sister Tracy. Sister Tracy. Oh, she she's left. Uh, go ahead, Richard. No, no. I uh, understand, brother nephew had a follow up question, and I just wanted to make sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was gonna go back to him anyway. But go, brother uh, nephew. Brother nephew. Um, I wanted to ask Miss Rivers. Uh, is there any particular type of businesses or services that can be brought? that area that would be beneficial for those that live in that area as well as any um, recreational things that could be created for the children of Mason? Oh, women. Storage gas station, laundromat. You know what, Ms. Rivers, uh, repeat that again because you he didn't hear it. Repeat, uh, just go over that again. Um, I said that there, Mason, Mason is in need of a lot of things, uh, like grocery stores, gas station, laundromat. Uh, we don't want just a uh, uh, store. We would like to have a, a food store, like a supermarket, a, 
not only that, hopefully one day we get our schools back here. Uh, we can have uh, recreation centers for the kids to get them off the streets or for even even um, places for the elder members or uh, people to go to and uh, be able to enjoy themselves. You know, uh, there's a lot of things. Mason, Mason needs everything. Yes, ma'am, I understand. Because as we stand, there is no gas station. There is no grocery store. There's none of that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, we do have a dollar store. We do have uh, Bozo's. We do have Gus's Chicken. Uh, um, we, and we do have a clinic now. We have a, a beauty supply place. It's open here in Mason. We do have a health clinic here in Mason. Uh, We have beauty shop here in Mason. Uh, But the things that we have to travel 12 miles towards Covington and maybe 10 towards Allerton, Tennessee, to get uh, things uh, for groceries, Uh, those are the things, gas, you can't even get gas around here. You got to drive at least five or six miles and more to get gas. So um, um, I'm just saying that so we can see where we are. Uh, Mason has has lost a lot. Uh, Mason at one time in life was booming. We had we had grocery stores. We had uh, pharmacy. We had all these things, you know, gyms for kids to they could go to the old school and play. We, we, we I mean, but uh, we don't have any of that now. Yes, ma'am. That was a that was actually a question that we asked amongst our team at Street and Elite yesterday when we were brainstorming about this on what type of businesses that would be beneficial in that area. And a few of them that you named were actually right on point with where we were aligned with that conversation. So I'm pretty sure for those that are listening, as well as those that are involved in our different spaces that we operate in, uh, we will sit down and come up with a blueprint and a plan to, you know, initiate and implement in that area, hopefully in the near future to, you know, get that started. So I really do appreciate you answering that question for me. Yes, sir. Let's go to uh, 313. Uh, 313, call it with your name. Where are you yes. calling from? Thank you so much. My name is Chanel. I am calling from the Detroit area. How are you today? Great. <clears throat> Good. Uh, I want to say thank you so much to Miss Virginia Rivers. Um, you, little do you know, Miss Virginia, we know who you are here in Detroit. We remember you when we were doing the Save Mason, Tennessee. And I am very saddened that, unfortunately, you did not make mayor. But I do have a question for you. Um, For the new mayor that came in, I do have a question. Did the mayor um, do any canvassing on the the ground? Did he do any, uh, you know, like talking to people in, in the community at all prior to him getting elected? I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, um, without a shadow of a doubt, <laughs> a lot of his was night work. But I'm sure. Uh, uh, again, I'm I'm not sure you were on earlier when I made the statement that uh, 
Let me say this. Yes, ma'am, he did. Okay. And do you have any information if he, how did he even come about to wanting to be a mayor in Mason, Tennessee, being though it's over what like almost sixty eight to seventy percent black demographic? Like how did an, an Egyptian, you know, American want to be a mayor in an all black town, from your understanding? Well, uh, as one of the gentlemen stated earlier, he uh, has purchased up, has down through the years, bought up uh, territory or ground or uh, property, should I say, in this area. And you feel privileged that because you have this property uh, that you own something. Uh, Some people... When they see a small town, they think this is their opportunity to take advantage. Um, and some people uh, uses a small town to their advantage. Uh, they use it. They they find their way to get in to people uh, by doing little small things, as much as giving them credit when, or uh, giving them a free sandwich, or whatever the case may be. Um, and doing things, whether they're right or wrong, um, and people feel like, oh, I owe him, oh, I owe her, you know. And 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 when you do things like that, and you are not on the up and up, the only thing I can say is that whatever's done in the dark becomes sooner or later come to the light. I want to say thank you so much for um, answering that question because um, I wonder if black people, if a black person, you know, was to do the same exact thing that he did, would we get received the same, you know, welcoming? And if you are still interested, you know, once his term is coming up and running for mayor, you know, I'm sure the black community will love to talk to you and see how we can make that happen, like starting now. Um, because we, I, I, I'm in Detroit, but we would love to see our black towns ran and controlled by black people who have our best interests. So if you still are interested, and I, I really want to give you some uh, some hope or something because I, I'm just very just astounded by this. I, I had to call in very quickly, um, but I do apologize for just not really having my thoughts together. But I was just disappointed in hearing that this happened. But I'm also grateful for you because I heard you over a year ago when we were doing the Save Mason, Tennessee. So your voice is still ringing to this day, Ms. Rivers. Um, And I want to thank you very much. And thank you very much, Elliot. Thank you. Thank you for your contribution. Uh, You know, before we uh, leave tonight, um, I want to thank you for your perseverance and your work, uh, all the women rivers. Um, and also I want to thank, uh, sister Lisa and brother nephew, because it's the work of an activist that we need. We need our people to get involved. We got a percentage of our people. And I don't know how large or small it is, that look at these issues like they're watching a tennis match almost. They just look and, and, and the head moves back and forth. 
But we need people to be involved in these situations. Uh, Sister Lisa and brother nephew don't, don't live in the area of Mason, but they're willing to dedicate their time and effort to go there to help our people to organize. Richard, that's what that, that, you know, that, that's, that's the life's blood of this program and what we try to do, man. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and I hope sister rivers, um, not that you see, cause you do see it. And, and, and I'm, and I also am, I'm glad and, I'm glad to be able to be in communication with everyone. But what what is so powerful that I think that we should take from this, um, and the sister that just left from Detroit, really, that we can make a difference in places, even though we don't live there, because of that activism that you speak of, Elliot. I mean, just imagine the national activity. You know, the individuals in their groups and clusters being coalescing around assisting different spaces, not taking over spaces, not uh, interjecting themselves in spaces, but being the support that the spaces need in order for them to take control and power of their, their area or really be an encouraging and not let these um, in other interest groups or, 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 or demigods um, think that they can come in and take advantage of people because no one is aware of them. And and we talk about this all the time. Um, to what degree is black media even raising these questions and not just saying that it's about Mason, but raising this question is about how this is in relationship to black communities, large and small. Um, so when you talk about this activism and even at a distance, we can have impact. Um, that's what I hope, Sister Rivers. I hope that you, you know, heard and even with some of the callers that that um, that, that 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 praise uh, from a distance that can be close and the support um, for the work that you're doing because that's that's where real leadership and that's where real leadership um, organizing effort comes in at when people don't have to be there to know that we have somebody there that is speaking to our best interest, if that makes any sense. Yes, sir. And, and, and Richard, you know, some of the things that uh, when brother nephew asked what, did, what is needed and you heard the answer from uh, Ms. Rivers, if you, if, you, if you look at this situation, Richard, our people all over this country are facing the same situation. I don't care whether you're in the town of Mason, which uh, might be less than 5,000 folks, or whether you're dealing in Philadelphia, the fifth largest city in the country. If you look at these neighborhoods, we don't have grocery stores. We don't have uh, uh, recreational outlets for these children. We definitely don't have any jobs. And the educational programs in these communities is, is piss poor. That's why mm-hmm. violence is off the hook in these cities. We got to realize as a people what we're up against. This is no joke. And these people ain't playing. We was oppressed when we came here and they want to keep you oppressed, but they want to make you think that you're free. We got to organize and deal with this situation. Well, our children go be in worse bind than we are now. Amen. Amen. Let, let me, uh, before we go, uh, Let's go to 505. Maybe they got a question or comment. 505? 
of our era. This is Brother Elliot. Yes. Yeah, uh, listen, man, as usual, it's a very good show. I have really nothing to say. I'm just listening, man. I'm taking in all this information. Thank you. Thank you for your contribution. Yes, sir. Listen, before we before we uh, leave tonight, uh, Sister Lisa, Brother Nephew, anything you want to say to uh, uh, all the women rivers before we kind of end things? Oh, okay. you got anything you want to um, my bad. Okay, no problem. Um, again, I just want to thank you, Elliot, Richard, um, for having uh, myself and nephew on the sh- uh, show tonight. Um, to you, um, Miss Rivers, uh, you keep doing the beautiful work that you're doing, and um, I'm taking notes uh, tonight. Um, and we, you, you got support. We, we're going to be putting our heads together to. Uh, figure out real tangible ways that we can um, make a change in, in, in Mason and to help you, you know, see your vision and to help you uh, stand strong um, in your position and what you, and all the effort that you've done all these years to uh, stand up for your town. So I just want to thank you and you keep your head up high and um, uh, God bless you, sister. Thank you. Thank, thank you. God bless you. Also, Ms. Rivers, I want to tell you thank you for speaking to me as well, uh, for taking time out of your day to have this conversation. I know it may be a lot for you. I know you've been in this situation before, so to repeat it and have to go through the same steps, I know that takes grace and patience, as well as the times that you may have wanted to answer one way, but you decided to take a higher role. Uh, I really commend you for that, and I will take notes of that and learn from it. Uh, Mr. Elliott and Mr. Richard, I appreciate y'all having us here today. And um, I just want to say there is a fighting force sweeping America right now. Uh, From the older generation to the younger generation, there are a lot of things that are going on. And I know it may seem as though not too many are speaking, but as we speak here um, holding this interviewed with each other, uh, there's thousands, if not millions of black <laughs> Americans that are waking up and, you know, taking that first step forward to make things happen. I, I agree, brother. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Hey, listen, and don't be strangers too. well, Richard going to make sure that uh, y'all come back on periodically and to kind of keep us abreast of what's going on and what you're doing. Hey, Elliot, they beat me up. I ain't, I ain't messing with them folks. <laughs> Oh, Richard, you know you got to come see us after this interview, Rich. We're going to be waiting on you, Rich. <laughs> yes, it's been good. It's been good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. And and, and uh, all, the, all the women rivers, I'll be in touch with you. Thank you for being with us this evening. Thank you, uh, Brother Elliot and all the others for allowing me this opportunity to come on and talk with you. I appreciate all of you. May God bless you and keep you. Thank you. We'll be right back.
listening to Time for an Awakening. Time for an Awakening. With host Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Escape the digital plantation. Abibitumi.com, Abibitumi.tv, Abibitumi.tv.com, Abibitumi.store are here for you. You are ready to be free of non-African social media. Don't run from danger. Run to safety. Abibitumi.com is here for you. You are ready to be free of digital plantations to control your own products. Abibitumi.store is here for you. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. Black Power. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. The only word you need to know to join your global commit to you black family, to join your interconnected commit to you black communities, escape the digital plantation now. Abibitumi.com, Abibitumi.tv, Abibitumi.tv.com, Abibitumi.store. We are here for you. Escape the digital plantation. Conspiracy. This government has failed us. 
the senators who are filibustering concerning your and my rights, that's the government. Don't say it, Southern senators. This is the government. This is a government filibuster. It's not a segregationist filibuster. It's a government filibuster. Any kind of activity that takes place on the floor of the Congress or the Senate, that's the government. But this government has failed us. The government itself has failed us. And the white liberals who have been posing as our friends have failed us. And once we see that all these other sources to which we've turned have failed, we stop turning to them and turn to ourselves. We need a self-help program, a do-it-yourself do philosophy, a do-it-right-now philosophy. Uh, it's already too late philosophy. This is what you and I need to get with. And the only time, the only way we're going to uh, solve our problem is with a self-help program. Before we can get a self-help program started, we have to have a self-help philosophy. Black nationalism is a self-help philosophy. What's so good about it, you can stay right in the church where you are and still take black nationalism as your philosophy. And I think we are in a new era, a new phase of the struggle, where we have moved from a struggle for decency, which characterized our struggle for 10 or 12 years, to a struggle for genuine equality. And this is where we're getting the resistance because there was never any intention uh, to go this far. People were reacting to Bull Connor and to Jim Clark rather than acting in good faith for the realization of genuine equality. Do you think white people in this country, and I'm talking about non-segregationists, people devoid or thinking they're devoid of racism, do you have any idea of what they want the Negro to be in America? I think the vast majority of white Americans uh, will go but so far. It's a kind of installment plan for equality, and uh, they're always looking for an excuse uh, to go but so far. proud part of the Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black digital and podcasting platform. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening, and I want to thank our guest that was with us this evening, uh, all the woman, Virginia Rivers, Mason, Tennessee, uh, brother and nephew, and uh, sister Lisa. I want to thank them for joining the conversation, Richard. Uh yes. Well, we, uh, listen, we see what we're dealing with, Richard. It's it's not a surprise. Um, it's a little bit shocking to a degree, but I'm not surprised. Right. Um, right. You know, and, and when she mentioned that, I, I kind of pulled it up while she, while she was on with us. But I didn't know, Richard, that uh, Tom Burrell, would, would, was trying to run, but they said that he didn't have, he didn't meet the six months residency requirement. You remember Tom Burrell from the uh, Black Farmers and Agricultural Association? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, no, they, I didn't know. they said he was the fourth candidate, but he was bounced uh, from the ballot by Tipton uh, County Election Commission because they said that he didn't meet the six months residency requirement, and he said that he did because he had moved to Mason earlier in the year. He was pursuing a lawsuit, but I don't guess he got reinstated to the ballot. 
But uh, she mm-hmm. lost by thirty votes to that to the, this guy Newman or Neiman or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, and it was one hundred nine. She said two hundred, but according to this published report, it's one hundred ninety nine people that voted. Mm-hmm. So um, that's it. That, I mean, Ellie. I mean, it's um, as you were praising, and and you always do. You know, the organizers, people who. Um, take these self-initiatives. I mean, it's really, really critical. And I'll be redundant. And, and again, Elvis, um, organizers are either by nature, come to us by nature, or they're made. And I hope um, those of us who come by nature recognize that our activity also, not just the work we have to do in order to do it, but we have to be able to create organizers. <laughs> Yeah, because it's way. It's no way that on the ground work to to encourage and inspire um, individuals to do things that they know in their spirit, in their heart, and in their experience they should do can only be done with us when we have that inner, that personal, interdirect relationship to with each other, and that's what um, those people who are organizers provide us the opportunity to do um, in whatever arena we do. And it's just was encouraging to see, you know, um, how people from around the country um, were interested in Mason and being supportive. You know, I thought that that's, that's a, um, if nothing else, one lesson that we can get besides her, you know, um, um, sister rivers, you know, willingness, but that, you know, that this energy is, and willingness, and it is just not Mason. I mean, this effort can be done anywhere. And now that we're in this kind of virtual world, we don't even, we can be there and be working someplace else and making a living. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know what I mean? It's just, it's encouraging to, to, to have that a part of the conversation. And uh, and people ready to roll up their sleeves and go there, the uh, same way on Friday night when we were talking to uh, Brother Patrick and they was going to uh, Rolling Fork, the city that was right. devastated. They were going over there this weekend, and they're probably there right now. Uh, before that, uh, Brother Nick Bezels and 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 Brother Patrick and them they went all the way up to Colorado to uh, to comfort that brother and sit with him. And uh, make sure he was all right. I mean, it, c- Richard, come on, man. That that uh, these brothers, it's the same plan. And you heard a uh, 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 brother nephew when he said that uh, <laughs> this stuff is. You got millions of our people that's waking up and becoming active. I fully agree with what he's saying because you wouldn't see this pushback if it wasn't right for our people to think our people ain't doing nothing. And everybody just sitting around, they really don't know what's going on. They might think they do. They don't know what's going on. You wouldn't be getting a response from the other side if nothing was going on. They got a full court press, whether it's here in this country or whether it's on the continent. It's a full court press on our people to get them in line or what they consider getting them in line. And and on both sides of the Atlantic, they're using our people to help them, Richard. Mm. 
That's the that's the kicker. Yeah, on both sides of the Atlantic, they're using our people to help them. You know, uh, Richard, uh, we had this sister that called from uh, California, Sister Tracy, and I wanted to mention to her, I want her to tune in next week because uh, uh, joining the conversation, we're going to have uh, uh, Professor James Lance Taylor, and he's part of that San Francisco Commission, uh, Reparations Commission, that, uh, you know, you've been hearing a lot of talk and, and different things being stated about, uh, you know, what they're putting forth and the demands of some of our people out there, but... Uh, we're going to have him on to kind of talk about uh, some of the things and maybe clear up some of the rumors or clear up some of the things that you have heard from somebody that's there and that's working. Uh, so it'll be it's always an interesting conversation when uh, Professor Taylor comes on. But uh, and then mm-hmm. af- afterwards, we're going to reach out to uh, to Reverend Brown because he's been on the program twice before uh, to kind of uh, uh, to kind of put the cap on it, so to speak. Um, I did want to reach back out to Reverend Brown and get him on after. I said, what, what did he say uh, when he was here la- last time, Richard? I think he said June is when the final tallies right. is going to be out. And I was going to, I told him then that I was going to reach out to him either th- or right then or before. But maybe, I mean, we can always do it again, but maybe I'll reach out to him after we uh, have a uh, professor Taylor on and to talk about it. Uh, you know, what's been going on on the commission. Because and there's another community that is tied to this reparations, um, you know, that is engaged, you know, looking at California that, um, from this, the clubhouse community, um, which is a segment that may be interested also. So uh, this is what we have to do in order to be able to share the information, put our differences, but get the information out, the clarity and, and hear for us from ourselves, engage with, you know, ourselves with individuals of getting a better understanding of what is and what has to be done. It's, it was so interesting to hear, you know, the, the politician of Sister Rivers, you, you, you know, and I, I think uh, Brother Nephew recorded a couple of times how she had to not, you know, um, rightfully so. Skillfully not, answer the question. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but- you know, and, and and we understand, you know, these things being done in the dark or, you know, these underhanded things, you know. Um, but we we understand these messages. When even if we don't know specifically what they is, what that means. You know? Um, and that's how we have to be supportive, not to be offensive, not to push people beyond their boundaries, but to be able to create that middle ground where we both have some kind of mutual agreement of what it takes to make ourselves as a people move forward um, in, in relationship to what we're doing. I was, yeah. I was, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought, Richard. I was just saying I was pleased. I was pleased. You know, it. It. Um, she mentioned that. Uh, you know, she didn't want to be unethical, so to speak, like like other people might have been unethical. You, you remember she mentioned that, Richard. Right. And uh, 
see, I think it's a certain amount of apathy, man, that, that uh, still affects some of our people. Where they don't mind taking gifts or whatever. She, she, uh, Mayor, well, not Mayor Rivers, uh, all the women Rivers mentioned a sandwich. What did she say? A sandwich, Richard? Mm-hmm. Or, 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 or a couple of dollars? You know, at the expense of your people, man. But now some people don't mind doing that. And some people do it ignorantly. That They don't really know what it's about. And they feel obligated. You heard her say uh, people feel obligated to help a person because they didn't, they gave him something. You heard what she was saying. Mm-hmm. She kind of talked around it, but we, we, I mean, all of us that heard it is intelligent enough to know what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Things were done at the night, in the night. Yeah, she said, <laughs> she, she said that. Yeah, she said that. You caught that too, didn't you? <laughs> 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 I know I'm not supposed to laugh. I apologize, y'all, to the listening audience. It's just, this, it's the, the the insidiousness of this, you know, of what we have to address and be realistic about, right? Um, is is the question of how the pain and joy, I like, you know, or why, um, you know, they call us some call of us um, blues people to be able to house that pain and joy all. And together, because sometimes it just doesn't even make it doesn't add up. It isn't logical, but it's real. You know, uh, Richard, let me go to because the caller just got on and he know and he. Uh, uh, let me go to two one five two one five. Two one five. Hey, brother Elliot, how you doing? Hey, brother Richard, how y'all brothers doing tonight? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, praise be to Allah. Yeah, I wish you'd have came back to me because I wanted to give a word of encouragement to Miss Rivers and let her know that uh, I wish a sister like her was running here in Philadelphia because we, we could use a, a sister like her in Philadelphia for mayor because though she came up short in Mason, she may, she, I hope and pray that she runs again. That's because, like I said, she got a good chance of winning. I think Sister Tracy, that car before me, she kind of alluded to that too, that she hopes she runs again because I think she can win because, like I said, we need a person like that here in Philadelphia who really cares about our people and stuff. And, and, the, and, the, and the word that Sister Tracy used when she was talking about Miss Rivers, uh, Brother Ellen, Brother Richard, was somebody got out the black people's best interests at heart, which we, which we know here in Philadelphia, many of these black politicians don't. And stuff, you know, whether it be male or female, be they Democrat or Republican, they clearly don't have our best interests at heart. They have their own interests at heart, but they surely don't have our people's interests at heart because, like you say, they will sell out our people for anything, you know what I mean? Just to, just to enhance, enrich themselves. Uh, I mean, case, case in point, Brother Elliot and Richard, and the time from Wicked List Audience was what happened here fully a few years ago when all those black politicians got in trouble for chump change, you know, a $500 payoff, a, 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 a Tiffany bracelet, you know, I mean, come on, man, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you got, you had a state rep who was a retired police officer, state rep getting the social security and a pension and he gets in trouble for taking a $500 uh, bribe or cash gift. And I'm like saying, dude, what, you know, what's wrong with you, man? You, you making as a state rep, you making about two, close to 200,000 a year. Like I said, you get your Social Security, you get your pension from being a former police officer, you got money just rolling in. 
What the hell was you thinking about to take out? Is you that hard up for money? I mean, yeah, you understand what I'm saying, Elliot? You know, yes, what, yes, what, what's what these people be thinking, man? You mess up your whole good name. You forced to resign over something stupid like that. Five hundred dollars cash, and you make, and you getting two incomes coming in, a Social Security as well as your pension from your former prior career as a police officer. But you was, I think, he was on the force for twenty five, thirty years. Come on, man, you know. Yeah. But see again, this is what our people do. Like you said, this is what some of them do. They they either do it ignorantly or willfully ignorant, or do it you know intentional. Whatever you know, whatever you want to choose to do, call it. That's what they do, and that's why they get in trouble all over America for doing stupid stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. You know. <laughs> so well, I guess we have to try to go. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that's why we have to try to decipher through the through the, through the tulips and try to pick out ones sisters and brothers that's not going to get caught up in that kind of foolishness because there's no need to. Because I always sell it. If you do right by our people, you're going to make your money. The money is going to come there, you know. And and I like that clip that you played by Dave Richardson because Dave made it clear. See, Elliot, that should be a testimony. And I hope the time from the Wicked List audience and, and stuff, Brother Richard and Brother Elliot, was really listening to that clip you played by the late, great Dave Richardson because Dave made it very clear. See, Dave didn't just talk the talk. He walked the walk. And, I, and like I said, I was there. See, nobody can't tell me I was there. Whenever Minister Farrakhan came to Philadelphia back during Dave's time, when Dave was among us, he came. I don't care if it was Minister Farrakhan was at a church or if he spoke at a, at a, at a civic center or, or wherever. Dave Richard was right there. He was sitting right up. Minister Farrakhan and the nation made sure that Brother Dave was sitting right on the dais with the minister. Minister be speaking with the FOI security around, and Dave be sitting right there in the front row. I mean, right there at the front the little front seats in front of the minister, who you be sitting there, Dave Richardson. He had no problem being seen with Minister Farrakhan. And I'm not just saying it because it's Minister Farrakhan. He would be there if it was Malcolm X was speaking there or, or Dr. King, anybody who white America particularly didn't like, they would have, would have had the moral fortitude to be there. Because as that clip you played, and I want people to really let that marinate in their brain, they said, I don't confuse the two. He said, we freedom fighters first. I'm a black man first. I'm a state rep second. I wish the Negroes like Dwight Evans. I wish people like Gregory Meeks, Al Sharpton, uh, uh, what they, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, they need to hear that. Every black politician, whether on a city, state, or federal level, I wish they could have heard that clip that Dave Richardson played because they need to learn from that and, and stuff. Because they say, I don't confuse it. I know what I am first. And between these Negroes, maybe male and female, they get in there and they want to, and they want to be, you know, uh, pleasing the white people, they want they want to they 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 they're state rep as if as if they was born into this world, they was born a state rep or born a president. No, you was born a black man or a black woman first. All the other stuff came later on in your life. No, don't ever forget where you who you are. And that's what Dave never confused it to. And that's why, you know, he might not be with us physically. Dave's legacy lays on. Dave Richardson's legacy lives on because he was a man. He wasn't no punk. He was a man. And and let me close with this, brother Richard and brother Elliot. You know, Max. Waters. Remember Elliot back here, I mean you kinda kinda talked about this. We didn't trash the system. We kinda was we, we voiced our disappointment when 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 Joe Biden did that state of the union, I think it was last year. Remember the, the clip, Elliot, where, where it shows Sister Maxine running after uh, Joe Biden like like he was some kind of rock star. Remember she was trying to hug him or take a picture with him. Remember that Elliot? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then you said, What the hell she chased after him for like that? Like who was he? Well anyway, Elliot I'm starting to wonder about Sister Maxine because she's like, you know, again, I know she's getting older now. She, you know, she was a firebrand, and I had a lot of respect, and I still like the sister. I'm not trying to 
to throw out, throw out, you know, beat up on her. But I'm just saying I got concerns because, like I said, when her, when her, when, when she was part of the finance committee or whatever, and her husband got involved in banking banking scandal, they kind of like usurped her powers, and, and she been kind of like being less than effective and stuff since that time and, and stuff. You know, then, of course, when Nancy Pelosi cut off her mic when she was speaking that time, just cut her mic off, and it seemed like Max, Sister Maxine been kind of like withering a little bit, like she's getting kind of weak, for lack of a better word. Now, the latest thing, Elliot, she was on TV today on one of the news programs, and you know where you know where I'm going with this, right, Brother Rich, Elliot and Richard, about Trump. Oh, I knew this was coming. I think she was talking to the white girl. I mean, it was, it was shameful. It was pitiful. I knew this was coming. I knew. I kept telling everybody that Stormy Daniels was going to be Donald Trump's downfall. He's going to be finally brought to justice. Who would ever thought that it would be a porn star would bring him? I don't like to say, oh, Max, come on. Sister Maxine, come on. Now, really, really. Do you honestly think that that, that that Stormy Daniels, him paying off this hook or porn star, is going to cause him to go down, go to jail? And she'll say, I can't wait to see him be handcuffed and be this. I'm like, come on, Sister Maxine, you know better than that. I mean, you know what I mean? With all this, like you said, facing out people, like you told uh, Miss Rivers and, 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 and the brother and sister, food deserts in our communities, you know, lack of jobs. And, 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 and you would think that Sister Maxine should be jumping on Joe Biden again, how our black politicians and do a disservice on Joe Biden, who got up there and said out of his own mouth that he that he had black people's backs, right? He said out of his own mouth and said because he was the one that put him in there, and yet he can make an ignorant statement. Well, not an ignorant statement, but he felt how he said what he felt, and yet Negroes didn't hold him accountable. He got up there and said that he wanted to make sure that he puts money in the pocket, puts money in the pocket of the average Ukrainian. And I'm saying to myself. And this goes back to what you said about the crime thing, Ellie. You said with the crime off the hook because of poverty in, the, in these communities. Not condoning what these, some of these fools out here doing, but to sit there and, and, and don't think that abject, abject poverty don't have a, a, a direct impact on crime in the community. It would be ludicrous. Of course, it's a connection. And, 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 but yet Joe Biden, who, claim, who he claims that, that he got black people's back, he can make a, a, a comment about he want to make sure that he put money in, the, in, in Ukrainian people's pocket. Maybe you put some money in these brothers' pockets out here, maybe the crime rate would go down. And when I say put money, I'm not just talking about no pocket change. I'm talking about putting them in a position, Brother Ellen Richard, where they can have meaningful employment, where these brothers can get off the damn street corner and learn a trade or go to college, whatever, and make something out of themselves. Maybe maybe, maybe you put some of those things in the black community, then you wouldn't have the crime rate as high as it is now. Maybe that would start going down. And when Biden made that comment, ain't none of these niggas like Hakeem Jeffries or Maxine Ward, none of them challenged them on that. And see, this is, again, part of the disservice that these black politicians do to us. Instead of holding this white man accountable, who, who black people put in office because it wasn't for the black vote he wouldn't be there right now and some hold him accountable they let him get away with state making statements like that by, by these brothers out in the community robbing and killing and doing all kinds of crazy stuff because of, because of lack of opportunity and the hopelessness and, and despair you know he can say he's going to put money in, in the pocket of white Ukrainians while Mookie and Ray Ray and Boo Boo out there going crazy and, you know because they see, they see no hope they look at each other they, they, they look when they look at each other they don't see a black man or, or human being they see each other's niggas and stuff like that. So, so, so it's easy for them to pick up a gun and say, I'm going to kill that nigga because he ain't nobody nigga. I'm a nigga. He a nigga. So, so, so they don't see no hope in their own brother. They'll see him as a human being. Instead of addressing that, they just let Biden go, 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 go get away with saying stupid stuff like that, you know? So, I mean, we, so, so my point, Ellen, in closing is that 
you know, Maxine Waters, for her to be so caught up in this Trump stuff about she, she giggly hoe because about a porn star bringing them down. And I'm like saying, Maxine, your, 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 your concern should be on your people, trying to uplift your people there and watch and, 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 and Crenshaw out there where you represent. It's all this nonsense with Trump. And see, this is what, what you're going to have over the, in the, leading up to his so-called trial. Like, prepare yourself because this is what you're going to have. You're going to have these black politicians like Maxine and, 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 uh, and Jeffries and all them shocked and they're going to be chair. They, they, this is finally when Trump get his gonads, when Trump finally get his. And I'm like saying myself, whether he get his or not, what the hell are they going to do, like you say, going to do for, for our people as a people, when our people still in this wretched condition we're in? What the hell is Trump going to jail or not going to jail going to do for us? You know what I mean? See, we be we focused, be minded in the major, major in the mind. And that's basically what it comes down to, L.A. And I, and I close, I know y'all and Richard trying to you know, well, tie things you, up. So. You know, just like that clip that I played with, uh, with Brother Malcolm on there, when, mm-hmm. he, when he said that uh, our people are safe with a government conspiracy, it's not a segregationist conspiracy. It's a government mm-hmm. conspiracy. You know, because some of our people are caught up in the Republicans, these bad Republicans, and Trump this, Trump. If, if Trump goes to jail, which he probably won't, as in, in, he he probably won't. If Trump goes to jail, you got Trump lookalikes, Trump clones that can't wait to take his place. It's a, it's a bunch of them out there. And then, right. and then look at the other side of the aisle. It ain't no better. They're just a, no, they're just a member of a different party. Mm-hmm. You still ain't got no George Floyd bill. You ain't got no uh, voting rights act or, 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 mm-hmm. or John Lewis voting right. Uh, what's, last time I looked, Biden was a Democrat. That's right. These That's cities right. here, you heard Mayor Rivers say that they don't have no recre- recreational facilities, mm-hmm. no supermarkets. I think she said the, the school, no school. I think she said no school or something, didn't she, Richard? They had to go to another county for a school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but look, look at these cities. Look at Philadelphia. You don't have oh. no supermarkets. The schools is piss poor. It's no jobs. Yep. That's why yep. these young people are off the hook, and it's no recreational facilities. And last That's time right. I looked, uh, Philadelphia had been run by Democrats for That's for right. decades. And, and black, black, and black Democrats. Too. And black Democrats. So what's their exactly. excuse? I They blame that on Republicans. They said it was white Republicans, Elliot, that's, that's causing them. They can't do anything. You know, that's what they well, always Wait a minute. Say, right, you know? White Republicans is not in Philadelphia. It, of course it ain't not. been no Republicans that, hold, that held any office in Philadelphia in maybe 60 years. Exactly. You can't have you have a Republican man in about sixty something years. Like, that is correct. But yeah, that's what them Negroes will tell you. Like, it's the oh, the Republicans in Harrisburg. They're the ones stopping us. We can't get nothing done, you know. And and and, and, and again, when they when they control on the federal level, Ellen Richard, the Senate and the Congress, which which they had in Obama and stuff. Oh, we we you know we gotta go. We gotta appeal to the other side. And then when the Republicans take over, well, you know, they got the majority now. Or, 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 or when, they end the, when the Democrats in the majority, we got the two Democrats that's not siding with us, Joe Manchin and Chris Simmons. It's always, like Dr. King said, it's always an excuse when it comes to white people. It's always an excuse not to do the right thing. And Negroes continue to let them get away with it and stuff. And that's the sad part. Of it. They continually let them get away with it. So it's always the Chris Simmons and the Joe Manchin. They're the two traitors. They can't get nothing done. And you know, Elliot, I have to say this. You know, Margie Telegram, they did a thing on her on, on uh, 
60 minutes a night. And like you always say about white people, see, we don't read, we don't, we, we don't read the tea leaves. They don't like name calling. Like you said, Elliot, I'm listening to, to, to Leslie Stahl, who's supposed to be this so-called, you know, great, I guess, liberal journalist, if you want to call her that. That's what she kept saying. She interviewed Margie Teller Green tonight and, and stuff. They played clips of her making her, you know, saying all the stuff that she'd be saying. So the first thing Leslie Starr asked me, she said, Miss Green, Congresswoman Green, I understand you, you are conservative and, you you know, you got some strong conservative views. But my only problem with you is that when you make your views, why are you, why are you just like the former president? Why you got to indulge in the name calling? She said, that's just so, I just don't like that the name, you can make your point without the name calling. So Margie said, well, it's not the name calling, Leslie. She said, that's the way, I'm, I'm, I'm just, it's just my spirit, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm strong in my convictions and stuff like that. She says, not name calling, I just tell the truth about these people. And she said, that's what, she said, so you, recall, you may call it name calling, but I don't look at it as a name calling. I look at it as me just speaking the truth about these people. So my point, Ellen, in, in, on that note, is that you're right. These white, white racist Democrats or Republicans, it's not that they don't support Trump or, or Marjorie Taylor Greene's racism or whatever. They just don't like this style. And, that's the, and you have said that for many times because she kept alluding to the fact, but the name calling, Miss Taylor, you just don't have to indulge in the name calling and stuff like that. See, see, see for them, that's, see, they want, they want their races to be clean. They want to be served like Ronald Reagan and Bush do it on the clean platter. Yeah. Well, you I mean, they, listen, if Trump didn't do all that tweeting that night, calling people's wife ugly and, and, uh, and 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 that, the handicapped guy when he got in front of that podium was doing yeah, and, waving and his arms, mocking, mocking people. If he wow. didn't, if he didn't do all of that stuff, he'd be just like Reagan or Bush. Yep, yep, yep. But yep, when he was yep, doing yeah. all that, Republican, certain Republicans and Democrats, they don't like their white men doing that. It gives a bad exactly. image. Exactly, brother. And it's like you said, Reagan and Bush didn't indulge in the, in the name caller, but they did just as much death worse than Trump. They murdered people all over the world, getting leaders killed, dropping bombs, starting unjust wars. Where Iraq, I guarantee you right now, Elliot, you got Iraqis right now. They wish that's all George Bush did was just call them names. You know what I mean, Elliot? They wish he would have came and invaded their damn country and killed their mothers, their fathers, their babies. They, you understand what I'm saying, brother Elliot? They wish that's all Bush would have did, called them a bunch of names. So your point is well taken, Elliot. Reagan and Bush didn't indulge in name calling. It was two dangerous devils that they, they, they got blood on their hands and stuff like that. I remember so like when said, I remember doing that um, State of the Union mm-hmm. when, when Trump got up there and said that he killed that guy, the, the, the diplomat that that yes. left Iraq that mm-hmm. the, that was in that went to Iraq from Iran. He was a diplomat. They never said yes, he was. E- even the world, even the UN didn't say that this man was a terrorist. They said he exactly. was a diplomat. And they That's killed correct. that man and killed some innocent people that was driving along the street. And That's when he correct. when he mentioned that in that state of the union, he got rousing applause from both Democrats and Republicans. Yes, he did. I, I saw the speech that night. You absolutely right. Nancy Pelosi all of them stood right up there and applauded. Kamala uh, 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 Nancy Pelosi, all sort of things was applauded. That's right, because remember, because uh, being at Nancy Pelosi at the time was the Speaker of the House and Kamala be the VP, they sat right in back of Trump and both of them stood up there and start clapping. You're absolutely right, Elliot. And, and you had Democrats and Republicans on both sides of the house stood up there and applauded when he was talking about killing, when he talked about killing these these individuals. That's right. So, I mean, these people are clear on how they feel. It's just, it's just a matter of style. They just don't like 
like Trump and Marjorie Teller Greene's name. If Marjorie Teller Greene could tone it down, and she, she even said on the interview tonight that her own mother even told her to turn, to, 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 uh, tone it down with the name Carla. And she said her mother even told her that. So what did that tell you? Now, now mother's a bigot like she is, but her mother just don't let, take a damn. You could at least get your point across about the name Carla. And so for the for white people like Sally, it's all about the name Carla. And that's all it is. That's where it begins and ends at. They ain't, they ain't, they ain't against a bigotry or nothing like that. It is down with the, the style. That's all, you know. But again, I Again, I close with this. Again, with, with Miss Miss um, uh, from from LA, Miss um, oh God, you know, the sister, Mar- um, you know, I'm talking about it, Maxine, Miss Waters. Yeah, Maxine Waters. Again, like I said, I guess, I'm just. I, see, I guess I could say I'm surprised, but I'm not because, like I said, Miss 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 Waters been kind of losing over the last four years. For her to be so naive to think that Trump going to jail and and this is this is their uh, bellwether moment that Trump will probably be taken down by a porn star. I'm like, Miss Maxine, you got a lot to learn. You either very naive or you definitely losing it because I mean, if this is if this is Trump's Waterloo, then I mean, hey, you know, if she wants to believe that, what can I say? I mean, she's a, she's like a lost in the hot sauce, man. But she was just so happy this morning talking on that on that political show about Trump's downfall. I mean, she was like, I thought Maxine was gonna pop up the champagne bottle. I said, wow, you know. But anyway, let me let me let you and Richard go so y'all can tidy things up, man. But put me on mute, Ellen. I listen to remain a few minutes of the show. All right. Thanks, Ellen. Richard. Yes, yes. Yeah, it'll, um, I think it'll be an interesting conversation next week uh, with uh, Dr. Taylor comes on and talks about the, what's been going on, you know, uh, with the commission out there. Uh, yeah. you, you've, I mean, you heard the news reports and things being said uh, uh, in the regular media and, you know, among some of the black media and in, even in independent black sources. So it'll be good to uh, kind of have him on to kind of talk about it from a uh, member of the board, uh, the member of the commission's perspective on what's been happening. And, uh, you know, he, he told me in private conversation, Richard, and I, I didn't know it, and maybe I should have known it, that, the, you know, that the, that um, re- uh, reparations disclosure, slavery disclosure law that they have here in Philly, that right. I think Dave Richardson authored that, didn't he? No, no. Uh, well, I'm not sure. I'm, not I th- sure. I'm more than, I think, yeah, yeah, I hope somebody can clear me up this from here. I think that Dave Richardson authored that in what, 2000 or something? I think it passed in, in the early 2000s. But right. I'm, I think he authored it. Right. May have, I, I have to check that. Yeah, well, he t- uh, uh, James Lance Taylor authored, authored that one for San Francisco back in 06, he told me. That he wrote the one for for uh, for San Francisco, but it'd be good to uh, kind of get him on and kind of uh, go back and forth and, and talk about some of the things that's going on out there. Sounds good. Um, before we leave tonight, uh, just uh, uh, give the list of programs on time for an Awakening Media Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, eleven a.m. to one p.m. African Perspectives with Brother Oshi, always interesting guest and dialogue. On African Perspectives, that's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. On Thursday, Mississippi on the Move, uh, the Black Liberation Movement in Mississippi with Brother Patrick Lumumba from 7 to 8 on Thursday. Time for an Awakening is back on Friday from 8 until and on Saturday 
from 7 to 9, the elders of Sankofa with Dr. Janine James as host. I want to thank everybody for listening to the program this evening. Lively discussion as always, and we'll be back on Friday, Lord willing, to continue on this path towards an awakening. Peace. Peace. If you're driving through the country on a lazy afternoon, Children playing after school. They seem to be so unaware. I know, I know the things that they'll soon have to take care of.
such a friend. 